and welcome to episode four of Diversity University, where four teenagers of different ethnic backgrounds talking about different topics important to us throughout our episodes. I'm Danielle, and I'm Chinese-American. I'm Emmanuel, and I'm Hispanic. I'm Faith, and I'm Ghanaian-American. And I'm Abu, and I'm Bengali. So today, we're here with our special guest, Taylor, arriving sophomore at Howe University. This June, Taylor, alongside other activists, organized a march at Meredith Square to support Black Lives Matter and fight for the end of racial injustices. So Taylor, please give us a little introduction about yourself, anything you want our very small audience to know. Um, okay, hi, my name is Taylor Colbert. Um, yes, I do go to the number one HBCU in the nation, Howard University. I went to Marietta, I graduated last year. I mean, I guess that's it. I'm black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a psychology major. Um, I'm trying to go into becoming a school psychologist. School psychology is basically just me trying to help administration. I mean, teachers try to figure out how they're working with the students in their schools. Because you guys know, um, Marietta has a very diverse class. Um, and students, student um, population, and a lot of white teachers especially don't really know how to handle those kids and send them to uh, social education programs. This episode, we plan on discussing an amalgamation of topics such as community organizing, societal impacts of racial injustices, and more. So before we start our discussion, we like to do a little fun Q&A that we like to do with our guests so that our, our audience and us get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to pass the mic to Danielle. Okay, so these are just really quick, short questions. Favorite artist? Chris Brown. Favorite Pixar movie? Is Nemo one? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Favorite thing to do in Marietta or uh, Atlanta? I like going to go eat, so I guess going to restaurants and stuff. Best cereal brand? I don't eat cereal. Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. Chipotle or Moe's? Chipotle is disgusting. Someone you look up to? My mom and my dad. Favorite teacher from Marietta? It's not a teacher, but Miss Osborne was my favorite person in the school. Okay, so that's done with a lightning round. One of the most important questions, why is the Black Lives Matter movement so important to you? So Black Lives Matter is important to me because Black lives, in fact, do matter. Um, as a black women. I've just turned 19 and I've seen a lot of stuff to do with racial injustice, especially over the years, especially um, present day now. And any of the victims of the police brutality in my time that we've been seeing could have been any of us. And it gives you a sense of reality. Like this shit is, I don't know if I can curse. This stuff is happening like <laughs> now and it's present and it's actually kind of a shame that I have to even be a part of a movement that says like my life does matter, especially in 2020 because it's just telling people like we deserve human rights and basic human justice like everyone else in America. And again, all lives matter. It can't matter until Black lives do. So that's really important to stress as well. So I was actually at the protest in Marietta. I want to hear a, bit, a little bit of like your perspective from it. How was the turnout? Were you anticipating that many people? Were you expecting more? Um, we actually were not expecting that many people. The police, because we were um, in direct contact with them for protection and everything, they're like, yeah, we're expecting about maybe 200, 300. We had over 600 people. We had people from different backgrounds, different political views, different religions just to come and support us so it felt really great old marietta was there new marietta was there so it was just really like interesting to see how many people actually came and showed out and showed their support for us also had a lot of people um register to vote as well because we did have tables um for registering to vote filling out the census and passing the hate crime bill that was just passed through the senate and kemp's supposed to sign off on it so yeah okay so what were some reasons like that you held the protest in the marsh in marietta my personal experience in marietta we needed to make sure that people in the community knew what was happening and that people our age are recognizing the injustices that we go through on a daily basis and we can't keep sweeping it under the rug and acting like we don't see it anymore because generations yeah. before us have done it we are coming to a point in this generation where we realize that we have something to say and we know how to say it we can articulate it well we can hold a protest like i did like many of my friends just did so we wanted to tell marietta like we know what's going on we've been aware of it for a minute 
minute now. Even in being in Marietta, it's like the emphasis on family is important, especially when it comes to football seasons and whatnot. But when it comes to actual social injustices and things that people need to stand up on, where's the family part in that? For that, for me, it was uncovering the racism that we all know is there and pointing out and saying like, we're not going to let you run over us anymore. We're stepping up and saying something now. Okay, so branching off of that, uh, how is attending like Marietta High School shifted your like views towards like privilege and racism and whatnot? For me, I was in IB. So ever since middle school, I've definitely seen a stark contrast between how black kids were treated and the white kids were treated. I feel like a lot of the teachers feel as POCs and black people are really kind of tokens and like seen as, oh, you're really, really smart. So that's why you I feel like white people automatically have a sense of belonging, like they're supposed to be there, you know? People automatically have to show how smart they are, blah, 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 have to prove themselves when white people are automatically given that. And that was shown in MCAA in the middle school when we had all those six, four, six, three. The high school being in classes <laughs> with the teachers, um, I had missed. She said to me and this other black girl, her name's Angela Doma, because she teaches, she taught our class, which is the IB class, and she also taught a regular class or a difficult class. And she was like, yeah, it's just so challenging and I just don't like working with them because they don't really listen, blah, blah, blah. And you know, some of them are special education needs and I just don't feel like I should be teaching them. And that's not the case. You should approach anybody with the same approach that you would do with the white kids in your IB class. And I feel like everybody deserves an education and they deserve the right Ones. and white people especially in Marietta don't think that the black kids deserve that and I do not understand why most of the black kids that I've known and come to know who are in the regular classes are extremely smart and the teachers don't I don't know why they don't want to accept that or they don't want to acknowledge it but it's real and black people are some of the most smartest people I've ever known and even going to university in HBCU it made me recognize like we've been undermined our entire lives starting from elementary school so it starts from us being little to us being grown people. White privilege, y'all, it's real and it's out there and it's especially in our community. Just looking at how we grew up and how we started in our schools coming to now, it's just ridiculous. So I feel like if we can implement some teachers who want to teach our kids and who are caring about our kids and want them to be in the schools, then we're going to have a much better turnout with our grades, maybe our behavior, anything really. So it starts from administration especially and how we go about bringing kids into our schools. And like starting elementary schools, I went to Dunley, which is predominantly Black and Hispanic. And I know that we did not learn the same things. We didn't hear about the same things that maybe Aylbers did. Mainly, I just feel like it starts with the administration. It starts with the teachers. And if we can start calling them out, town hall meetings, especially, that are being held without the community there, if we go and infiltrate those, talk to them, send emails, realize, um, make them recognize that we're seeing the injustices starting in our school systems. It doesn't just start with political views. Like, it's starts in our education so we definitely need to work on that and how we approach teaching kids in our school system. I'm glad that you brought up like the whole middle school thing because we personally have had this conversation where in middle school we see so much a divide with like a 6-5 and 6-4 mm -hmm. and the 6 whatever and then certain people might be treated less than and I think the fact of the matter is that teachers should all like always aim to help the student out no matter what no matter if they're not smart enough the goal shouldn't be just to like fail 
tell the student like the goal should be to help someone you know improve mm -hmm. so that maybe they can level up to make it to like a six five or make it to magnet going in a lot of black kids weren't even thought about entering like being entered into six five and the magnet programs and everything i mean and it's just because of the bias they already have going in so i feel like if we can change that because you guys people who look like us aren't really given a chance so unless we can show that we can then we don't have a say we don't have a voice in our education system in our community i'm glad that you guys have seen it and like recognized it as well yeah it's a really important point like as students even though teachers are obviously older and they, they have a degree but students should also keep their teachers accountable can i ask you a question yeah sure okay so do you think personally that the divides of classes and all this stuff has created a barrier between some of the students that you guys have in your schools like does it make you guys not want to kind of talk to some other people because you don't really know them because you guys have been kind of isolated from them you know what i mean most definitely yeah, so <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna like uh, say like about the um like the whole six four six five thing and like the whole splitting like in the younger kids is that not only does it create divide on the educational level but like within kids too like you see all the six like all the six one kids are dumb so like all the kids above them are looking down upon them so it creates like the biases at the very younger levels and then it continues and it just continues in a cycle so like when mm -hmm. they're older they carry the same views and whatnot and that's when stuff comes in like oh you're stupid because you ran blah 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 yeah all these classes you're in the lower class so i just feel like all that stuff needs to end yeah. or at least just be inclusive i do think that a lot of times I, I didn't talk to certain people just because like i didn't see them at all you know when you said um if you feel as if you couldn't talk to some people i'm not even gonna lie i definitely felt that a lot of the times and we still feel that with the ib program that's one of the biggest things that puts us up in the school and we know being part of the ib program we get more privileges than the rest of the school because more can space towards them and um <laughs> even from the even from the woman that recommended for me to go to marietta for the abby program she even said back in 2003-2004 and that's just how the way it is like everything split up it's like it feels like two different school experiences yeah if you just like take one step into the cafeteria it just it looks segregated at the games yeah the and games we are. all that ourselves and it's like kind of molded that way starting from school well i want to let this switch a little bit from school and i'm going to ask what is your opinion about the n-word and who do you think should say it who do you think shouldn't say it i feel like the n-word has a very nasty history well i'm sure everybody can agree with that we were called it when we were slaves we're called it now and i just feel like if we can reclaim the term as black people then we should be able to say it this does not give leeway to other people who don't belong to or who don't identify as black even in songs people are like well listen to songs so maybe i can say it. no they said no just no that's just the end of the conversation just you're not allowed to say it and don't argue with us when we say you can't say it just let it go and let it be because for example if we call them a cracker they would be mad right if i can't call you that why would you think that it's okay to call me that it's disrespectful and if it's disrespectful then you should accept that i'm uncomfortable with you calling me i'm uncomfortable with you saying it and that's that especially if you feel bold enough to say it around black people be prepared to face the repercussions with that as well and i know a lot of people are like balance isn't always an answer but a lot of people are getting tired of just record i'm gonna record you calling me the n-word and then not do anything no a lot of people especially in this generation are gonna be like i'm gonna hit you if you say the n-word b and that's gonna be that so, so do you think that's only for white people or anyone who's not black like let's say if you're hispanic. hispanic um because <laughs> that happens a lot in marietta and this goes for everybody if you hear anybody saying the n-word just ask why like why do you think that's okay why do you think why do you feel comfortable enough to say those words like it's not okay for anybody to say it unless you're black i have a genuine question so obviously with um with the n-word as we all know that only african-americans can 
can use it because of the fact that there's a history with the African-Americans. What would he say to Africans like Faith, who just came here first generation African, even though she will go through the same things a Black person would, no matter where you come from? Do you think because she doesn't have that history of her ancestors or her family going through that, through the slavery or anything dealing with um, segregation in America, do you think they can still say it? Get to that question, but I just want to clarify um, for Taylor. I was born in America, but my parents came from Ghana, so I'm first generation American. I still think that yes. I feel like nobody's going to really go into her background and be like, oh, well, are you from America? Because I don't know if you can say the N-word, because if your parents were enslaved and blah, 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 like that anybody's really going to look at that. I think that Faye can honestly say what she wants to say because she's Black. So if you're Black, then you can say the N-word. It's more about how, how the world sees her now. You told us that you want to be a school psychologist. So what is your opinion on police in schools? I do not like the idea of resource officers in our schools only because when I was working in the attendance office with Miss Osborne, we would see a lot of kids who were hysterical come to our office for basically refuge because they would have been harassed by the police. They're being harassed. Like, it's not just one-time incident. It's a long-time thing. It's harassment. We've seen it multiple times. The arrests that are made in schools, honestly ridiculous. They use two men, maybe three, to arrest one Black kid. It's just too much. I feel like if people recorded the stuff that goes on in our schools with the resource officers, they would have probably gotten fired. Y'all know, from personal experience, y'all know that, um, well, maybe not personal experience, but y'all know that white people get a lot, get away with a lot of things in school when it comes anything legal, people running into Marietta buses, people coming to school high, people coming with jewels, smoking in the classroom. And it's like, they turn a blind eye to it because what? Because they're white. I feel like the resource officers don't take the time enough to know who they're supposed to protect and instead just single out people who they want to police. Um, and I feel like if you're going to have a resource officer in the school, then the resource officers need to know that the kids are there to learn. And I understand that you have a job to do but you can go about it in a way that's not going to be where you instill fear in everyone that you come across because I'm not, I was never comfortable around them just the way that I would look at them they would look at me like I was just never comfortable I feel like a lot of kids who came to school who were involved resource officers had other things going on at home or they didn't feel comfortable at school because of whatever reason I feel like people don't want to listen to kids when they have something to say or they act out they instead want to send them to PLC for a little time Time out. I feel like they should, instead of that, I feel like we should take the time to listen to the kids, ask them what's going on, what they are feeling, what's going on at home, give them the resources that they need so they can communicate actually and we can give them a sense of, oh, well, here's a plan and let's emulate it so we can help you. We can help your behavior and we can help everybody around us. So honestly, police in schools, it doesn't seem like we need them because it seems like harassment instead of I'm going to protect you. I see what you're saying, but like, I feel like when you bring up that point, a lot of people will ask what about when fights happen in school? Like, who is supposed to break that up? So I think that if we're going to have the police officers in the school, then I don't think they need to be armed. If we're going to have a fight in school, we can train them to where they have certain certain guidelines in place. I feel like once they see a fight, they automatically try to tackle somebody to the ground and then arrest them. That shouldn't be the case. You should honestly, you know, break it up and then let's go. Not, I'm going to automatically wrestle, wrestle you to the ground and do whatever. Like, when it comes to that, yeah, I understand, like, where you would see 
the need for a police officer. But if that's the case, then they don't need to have guns. They don't need to be overly aggressive. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this because then even with that, people will talk about, oh, what about like school shootings? And then, I mean, honestly, those two resource officers, if a school shooting were to occur, do y'all really feel safe with two resource officers? And we all know, I feel like they don't have the training that would be needed in order for us to be in a school shooting. Like I don't, I don't feel comfortable with them being in there and then not knowing if they know what to do or not, you know? So that's just my perspective on that. Recently, we've seen like the propagation of ideas such as like aid to can't wait and aid to abolition. So based on that, do you think it's best to reform the police system or abolish it completely? What is your opinion? When I first started learning about all this, I was thinking that reform seems like the best way to go. But with the amount of things that we need to reform in the police system, it's going to take forever. I don't like police. I would rather have them abolished, but we would need to have something in place for the community. So how has social media influenced our generation's viewpoints towards this topic? Social media has been great in letting people know what's been going on. I also think, though, it can be negative when people spread propaganda and people spread misleading information, the wrong information, and then people go off of that and automatically just assume things and automatically think things that are wrong, blah, blah, blah. I feel like social media, yeah, it definitely helps, but it can also hurt. When it comes to social activism, though, I feel like it definitely helps us get the word out, helps us sign petitions, really anything. I feel like social media is definitely a big part of this. And another thing that somebody said to me the other day was, all of this has been happening for a long time, but now we have people recording and we have cameras now. So people are being held accountable because we have things that can show them like what they're doing. Um, usually before it was word for word. And if you weren't a white male or a white woman, then you didn't have anything. You didn't have any real evidence. So I feel like now that we have evidence, you can't be like, oh, that wasn't me. We have your face on the camera. So I feel like social media has definitely helped us along with getting things reopened, cases reopened, getting people prosecuted. So yeah, I definitely feel like social media has helped us a lot. Uh, going off of like the whole like policing system and whatnot, like how do you feel about the phrase like ACAB? I do not like the police at all. The police in general was built on oppressing minority groups. I feel like there are some good apples, but there are some bad apples as well. And a lot of the people are like, well, there's always good cops. But if the good cops don't stand up and talk to the bad cops, then all we have is bad cops. And if we don't see you standing up for the people or standing up for the people who want to do right, then all we see is the bad cops. And that's all we have of is the impression that you guys all just want to hurt us. So yeah, I understand that some people want to make a change, make a difference, but it has to start with them internally trying to dismantle what's going on in the police department. Do you think non-Black people should stand up on social media? Yes. For white people especially, they should acknowledge that they have white privilege. I think that they should also use their white privilege to the best of their abilities, which is helping out their POC and Black counterpart. I also do think that if they see something they don't like involving racism or an injustice towards another person that doesn't look like them, they should automatically call that out. And it's just human nature. It's just being a good human. In regards to like having other minorities and even white people um, join the Black Lives Movement, Matter Movement, <laughs> there is something that has impacted the, the Latino community recently. And um, there's like, a, of course, like a lot of views towards 
it, which is the the black cop who beat up the Hispanic man at the Walmart because he didn't understand what was happening and like, just mm. things got really crazy. And in the video, there is a woman that said the Black Lives Matter and like said it as a part of the Black Lives Matter. Like it is a matter that the cop did because he's black and that we should support him. And of course, that's awful. And I know that the stand for that, obviously, but there were many Latinos that were affected by it and kind of got mad at the fact that like, how come we're supporting y'all when y'all can't even support us for speaking Spanish? So what would you say to the Hispanics or Latinos that are going through that kind of like, why should we believe in the Black Lives Matter movement when this stuff happened to us as well? I personally didn't even know of that video or that incident. Honestly think that the Black Lives Matter movement has been misconstrued into different um, ways yeah. and people have different takes on it. People can take it to a much more radical way, I feel like. That had nothing to do with Black Lives Matter and the Black Lives Matter movement is just saying like, Black people lives matter, so yeah. stop killing it. What that cop did, he should be prosecuted just as anybody else who has done wrong to anybody. In order for us to basically unify against the white supremacy that we as POC all go through, we need to come together. I know that we are going to have a lot of misunderstandings, but you know, when Trump was like, come on, build the wall, blah, 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 a lot of Black people were outraged by that. Mm -hmm. And from what I've seen personally is a select handful of Latinos, Hispanics have been very open and have been negative in a sense towards how we are being treated, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it may be possible that a lot of Black people have caused internal, like, conflict between Hispanics and Black people only because, I don't know, we're both minorities and we both get treated like shit sometimes. We kind of start to oppress each other. I think people like to be above others no matter what the circumstances is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, like like you said, even with the grade separation, like the dumb, smart, whatever kids, I don't know how y'all go for it, but like you said, people like to be even just one step higher than someone else. We're towards a certain point, like towards fighting racism, but then it's like we hurt ourselves when we do things to each other and it makes us look bad for to them, you know? It doesn't yeah. look like we're trying to unify, it doesn't look like we're trying to help ourselves. It looks like we're hurting ourselves with anything. And then it gives those people the impression that, oh, they don't care about what we're doing because, and that comes back to also, I know this has nothing to do with Hispanics, but black and black crime, you know? That's yeah. always a conversation, that's always a topic that's always brought up. So I just feel like if we can come together and unify and for the greater good and come together for the same, you know, like movement and the same passion, I guess that you could say for justice, then we're yeah. going to have a greater movement and like a greater impact on what is going on. And for example, all of the countries that are protesting for George Floyd's murder and everything, basically in all 50 states actually um, protested. It was a beautiful thing to see and the hate crime bill passed. Um, a lot of cases were reopened. So I just feel like if we all unify and just come together and it's the same cause then we're eventually gonna have you know a difference being made so it's just about unification at this point yeah. it's gonna take a lot though because we've also had years of being oppressed but also oppressing each other so yeah. it's gonna take a lot to just that in our generation because i know a lot of black people have negative views toward asians hispanics i know a lot of asians maybe have um negative views towards black people i was gonna say i think it's because we live in the united states where it's so diverse mm -hmm. where back like i don't know mexico or in china it's everyone's the same race or ethnicity at least there's not that much like it's not that diverse so they kind of stick with their own clan so once they do come to the united states they're going to find a way to oppress others and obviously be below the white people because they're all
always going to be the oppressor so yeah with the spread of those types of like videos obviously we have to acknowledge race differences and power imbalance and stuff like that but the spread of those kinds of videos can also aid white supremacy and how they can like disunify poc and how they can use that against us and our fight against racial injustices we have to keep in mind like the intersectionality of like the black lives matter movement and how with acab and how the end of policing is also the end of ice definitely um a lot of stuff has been going on about ice molesting kids and sexually abusing kids and I feel like we were all outraged when we saw people in cages people being held without food and water like everybody was mad about it and that's another point I want to point out I feel like almost everybody in the POC community and black community was outraged when we saw all that but when it comes to black people asking just take it into account like our lives do matter blah 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 that's when arguments start to arise I genuinely just want to wonder why like why why do you guys want to argue that our lives matter, you know? Because we didn't argue when Trump started talking about build the, build the wall, blah, 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 put them in cages, and people are put, being put in cages. Like, nobody was like, well, maybe, you know? So I just feel like keep the same energy throughout all the situations. It's not just about one situation. It's about all of them. And I want to point out also, that also happens to Black people as well, male and female. Um, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. Alua Toyin, she was an activist. She was a Black activist, a female activist activist and she was murdered and she had been asking for help multiple times on social media and everything and she was given a blind just a blind eye to it. Breonna Taylor's murders murderers have not been arrested yet. George Floyd's have, thank God. But you know, it's just like so many things are going on in the community, in different communities, and it's just so many factors into it. And it's just been built over from years and years and years of our generations just thinking like, oh maybe they're not worth it, blah 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 and all that stuff. It's up to us as a generation to call that out it doesn't matter if, if she was a woman it doesn't matter if blah 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 it doesn't matter if she was mexican hispanic blah 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 it doesn't matter if she was asian like it doesn't matter as if you're being wronged then you deserve justice but yeah. isn't an all lives matter thing either this is about black lives matter right now and black lives do matter and we're just trying to let people know that so the struggle that people get when we talk to pocs about it is you guys want to argue about it and we're just trying to you know advocate for our lives and that's that's where some, I know some internal conflicts start between POC communities and stuff like that because it's a conflict that doesn't, like it's not needed, you know? Like the argument that our lives matter doesn't need to be had. It's just a simple fact. I feel like that was completely off topic. You're good. Yeah. A little bit to my question earlier about should people stand up? I've heard many different things about, like specifically Instagram. People are saying, you know, your silence is compliance. But do you think people, like white people or anyone should have to post it on Instagram or do you think that they can just not say anything and um, do other things behind the scenes such as signing petitions basically not going on social media but still posting regular Mm -hmm. content such as like you know beach picture whatever but they're still doing stuff behind the scenes what's your opinion on that I honestly think as long as you're doing something then you're fine in my eyes I know a lot of people want people to go on social media and back to are you posting for attention and you want followers because you post like for example the little black square that was going around are you doing it because you were pressured into doing it or were you doing it because you actually care and you wanted to make a difference you know so I feel like as long as you have good intentions in doing it and it actually means something to you and to the other people around you then yeah go ahead and post all you want but then it comes to the point where it's like if you don't want to post about it you don't have to post about it as long as you're doing something behind the scenes sending petitions sending to other people sending emails as long as you're doing something then you're clear in my book like 
workers. Fine. Um, it just comes to the point where people don't say anything at all, don't do anything at all, and then claim that they're for the people. Oh, I love black, but do you really like you know? And faith for me and you, I feel like remember being on the soccer team. A lot of those girls were our friends because we were on the soccer team. If we weren't, <laughs> if we were on the soccer team, they wouldn't give two leaps about us. So I just feel like if you want to do something, yeah, go ahead. If you don't care and you just want to sit there and be silent about it, then you're on, you're hurting us. And if you claim that you love black people, you have black friends, you love the black culture, but you can't stand up for us, then what does, what do you think that, you know, conveys to us, you know? It just feels like you weren't really our friend in the first place and you just say, oh, I have a token black friend. And I have never, ever wanted to feel like that. On that subject, I don't want to like make this too long. Have you ever had people tell you, oh, you're an Oreo or, oh, you talk white or, oh, you're not like one of them or you're pretty for a black, like all those phrases. Have you? Personally, for me, I'm a light-skinned African-American woman. I also talk I guess, quote-unquote, proper for a Black person. I don't know how you guys take on it, but I feel like it's very demeaning to Black people in general because you're saying that basically I talk, I talk, I sound smart because I sound white and white people only sound smart. Like, that's what you're saying to me. And I feel like Black people are smart. It doesn't matter what you look like as long as you have the correct ideas, as long as you, you know, speak your mind and speak what you think is right and what is right and you do what is right and you use your education for the better and it doesn't matter how you talk it doesn't matter what you look like oh that bothers me to the fullest extent because <laughs> i really hate being looked at as oh she's smart because she sounds white you know that has nothing to do with it just because i sound how i sound which is to me is a black woman i sound like a black woman it's kind of disrespectful to me honest but i've learned not to take it to heart because it's been said to me my entire life by white people and black people it comes to a certain point where i have called people out on it and just been like stop saying that to me like I don't understand why you keep saying it it makes you sound stupid it makes you sound ignorant and you need to stop you know yeah, you I know heard. a lot of the time a lot of the times it's the colored communities and like the more so like like our own people telling us this stuff like it's like you you're with the white folks nowadays or oh it's like um you act just like them or you're one of them but like basically they're imposing that we're less or we're in compared to white people and mm-hmm. that like it's basically them like accepting the values of like what we've been taught and whatnot I feel like we just impose it on ourselves more than like white people doing it to us you know what I mean I definitely see that point and I think that although we there is basically a lot of you know racial injustices going on with people that don't look at like us we also need to address stuff that's going in the community and I feel like every time you see like your fellow black person doing better for themselves we should applaud it you know let's say I'm talking I'm talking basic English like you shouldn't point out that I sound white like to be black you have to not be educated to be black you can't talk in a proper way so I do think that although we do have, you know, we have problems and um, there is racial dis- racial injustices and discrimination against us, we also need to look inside our community and make sure we're also uplifting each other. Um, when you when you mentioned All Lives Matter, I just wanted to note that um, I personally hate that phrase. <laughs> I, I do know that All Lives Matter, like that is a statement that All Lives Matter, but the fact is that Black Lives Matter was an organization that started after the death of Trayvon Martin. That's how it started after. And All lives matter followed that phrase afterwards it wasn't like all lives matter was a huge saying before black lives matter it followed after black lives matter so i felt like that phrase alone just used that to diminish that we're looking at black lives in this moment and i feel as though um a lot of people use it just to like subjugate or whatever the whole black lives matter movement 
And we all know that all lives matter. That's not anything to debate. But some people are just saying, look at Black lives at this moment. Like they matter as well as all lives. That's why I don't, I don't like that phrase just because it followed after like blue lives matter, all lives matter. It literally followed after the fact of um, Black Lives Matter. And I even saw this trend. I saw like um, Google Trends or something like that and like Google searches and Black Lives Matter, you know, these recent months, it was like really high on searches. All Lives Matter wasn't like high on searches until after Black Lives Matter. I feel like people just use that Mm -hmm. to disregard the whole movement. So that's my take on All Lives Matter. Yes. And I'm going to be honest, that's what a lot of white people like to do. (laughs) They like to play victim when they're not included in something. But this isn't about y'all, you know? This is about us. So just stay over there. Like, for example, I know y'all have seen this example. Like, if my house is on fire, I'm going to take care of my house. I don't care about your house right now because it's not on fire. If you come up to me talking about some, what about my house? Like, it needs to be sprayed too. Girl, no, it doesn't. It's not on fire, you know? So we're trying to tackle the situations right now that are true to us, are dear to us. And you sound like an idiot. We're trying to take care of our communities. We're trying to take care of our Black people. We're trying to make sure that people know, like, we're being treated like animals in the streets. And you guys want to take this and flip it to something that it's not. We're not saying that all lives don't matter because yes, they do, but not at this exact time. Like we're trying to focus on something with us and you guys don't have to be included all the time. You know, we're not attacking y'all. If anything, we're trying to ask for protection for us. This is generalizing, but people who say all lives matter don't actually believe that all lives matter too. So they don't. Yeah. If all lives did matter, then you would feel the same outrage that we do, but you don't. It's super hypocritical. Love that phrase. I realize that you guys are all from like different ethnic backgrounds and whatnot. What is the conversation like in y'all's families? I talk to my family about this a lot and it's a big issue. So going back to the thing that in America, yes, we are all people of color, but once regarding my uh, this regarding my parents, mm-hmm. once you go back to their country, the black community is still going to be the most oppressed in regard to the lighter skinned population of Hispanics. So then that breaks in another issue with, with Hispanics here in the United States where the parents are going to be anti-black and be super, super um, oppressive over black people because back in their country again they're going to still going to be the most oppressed um so then they pass on the, those viewpoints to their kids and then that's where the internalized racism comes in with the people of color where other people of color like to feel superior to the black race it's racism that begins with their own like their own countries and um and not just in the united states because it's not it's a it's a global issue and um and i know like even like um like for example like with hispanic um even like regards to my family when i go to mexico and sometimes they're like oh i don't want to get dark because then I'll look more like this. Like I'll right. you, you get more privilege for being like this. And I think that's a big issue. Colorism is what it's called um in Latin America because it does go on in the United States with Hispanics like us. And then that's where the even though we're all people of color here, there's still gonna be that that racism off off of our community towards the black um, community. I'm not gonna go into details of like what <laughs> my parents have said and stuff like that because it is an issue that I try to bring up a lot. But I'll definitely say that that the colorism point has a strong message with superiority with race and how they view it and then I tell them I'm just like we get to realize that we're here in the U.S. as all people of color like white people are not gonna look at us the same as you like or they're not gonna say that you are the same as them just because you're lighter skinned than a black person like they don't care they don't care because we're in America I mean yes there are privileges of course but they're still not gonna care they're gonna see you as a Latino Hispanic so I would definitely say <laughs> that in regards to that I feel like we're making progress here in the Lopez family um, <laughs> regarding I, I like to bring up statistics I like to bring up fact of what's happening right. um, because I think I'm not gonna lie 
someone did say that all lives matter and I'm just like it's it's hard and I tell them I'm just like you have to realize that black people are the mo- one of the most oppressed communities in the United States specifically and um, and that like we have to fight for them and like yes your life matters but we have to help the most in need I'm not one to post stuff on Instagram mostly because I don't really use Instagram y'all know that I don't I haven't posted since October um, I'm not really a, a social media kind of guy but but I do personally try to bring up the fact and um, stuff around the family around people that I hang out with I like to bring it up a lot no matter no, uh, <laughs> or making progress that's all that's what I'll say I would say that you know it's a lot of outrage <laughs> we do have like all these conversations and different perspectives are brought up like with my brother my parent and with my my um with everyone we just want to see progress honestly like we don't don't want to hear the same story over and over and over and over again I feel like the conversation in my whole household is how can we fix this and it's not only like yes we acknowledge the police we acknowledge you know systematic things that need to be changed but also how can we change stuff in our community that's how I would say the conversations in our house has been it's about more like what can we do what is the solution not just this is what it is Mm -hmm. it is what it is like no how can we fix it yeah so my (laughs) friends they support Black Lives Matter and like we talk about it and have those discussions and my parents are also like super religious so they all kind of put in their like biblical beliefs whenever we talk about it but uh, and like but a main thing with my Asian parents is they're immigrants so they don't know like the historical foundation of America and they they obviously know slavery but it's like Jim Crow convict leasing and like slave cops like it's super complex and teaching the history it's really hard to grasp for them and so that's just stuff that you have to like get over and then also we have to like discuss model minority myth we're also used uh, like Asians are used as a tool for white supremacy my dad he likes to acknowledge how the Asian community is also like pretty racist sometimes but that's just another barrier that we have to get over to help the black community okay so um within like within our house we don't really have these conversations as like as much as we should but like within like with all these riots and protests I'm glad that that, that, like they've been occurring and whatnot because like it's like almost it's almost like impossible to neglect at the end of the day after you see everything on the news and with the riots and whatnot like kind of like stains the image but I'm glad like been occurring because like we actually get to hear about it because if not like if, if we just seen like the protests for example like Black Lives Matter back in like when Trayvon Martin died like it wasn't really prevalent like these households weren't having conversations about them and whatnot so like with all these protests and riots and all that occurring like we're it's like the conversations are actually coming up nowadays but like, we really haven't like talked about it and whatnot but I'm glad it's like becoming more prevalent in our house so the conversation is there it's just it, it's just more prevalent now than it was before you know but we've had like a couple I'm really proud of you guys too for like doing this talking to people talking to your families especially because I know that sometimes family especially can be hard to address and call them out so I really am proud of you guys and you guys are so young and I'm just so proud of you <laughs> I'm really like just proud to be an MHS alumna and know that I can make an impact or try to make an impact at least. Thank you, Taylor. I'm, I look up to you, especially with organizing the protests. Like it was amazing. And the turnout was, it was just amazing. And I really look up to you for doing that. Thank you so much, Taylor, for sharing your experience as a community organizer and as a um, HBCU student. Black Americans and minorities face systematic and institutionalized racism because of initial construction of a corrupt and bigoted system. We must hold the government and each other accountable to incite genuine change. Thank you to all who tuned in to this episode and we hope you enjoyed it.